Are we, are we ready? We're like, waiting it. Acting weird, dude. Can you hear me? I can hear you. Can yeah. you hear me? Okay. Yeah, I can hear you. Good, then just, that means... just seeing weird. That I can means... hear you guys. Can you hear my thoughts? I, we yeah, can. we can hear your thoughts. Yeah. And I don't appreciate you thinking that about me. Well, not just you. It doesn't help that you told him your mom's name. Now he thinks all <laughs> kinds of weird stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm sure. All right. Well... If you guys can hear me, that means that you can hear me when I tell you that this is the Enemy Slime Podcast, episode number, shit, what is it now, 102? I have always thought of it as 101 Part 2. 101 Part Uh, 2, the sequel. Why don't you do that, Doug? Thank you, Jay. It's disgusting. Uh, So yeah, anyway, today we have uh, uh, with us uh, myself, your usual host, Mr. Jarrett. Uh, We are also joined by Mr. Michael Mahoney. Hey, everybody. How are you doing tonight? Uh, we have Mr. J. Joseph Jr. It's going to be one hell of a podcast. There is Mr. Doug Wilson. I was hoping someone would jump in there and do a Doug jo- uh, Doug voice, but... I'm Doug. There you go, okay. Yo, 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 what up? I'm Doug. <laughs> oh, right, his is better. That's Doug. And Mr. Lucio Lorenzino. Hola. <laughs> Actually, I think I would have bought that. <laughs> We're... We're not. I'm not entirely sure where Lucio is. Uh, he is, um, you know, of Latin descent, so there's a very good chance that he's just eating dinner right now. You think he might be with Doug? Um, yeah, maybe. Oh my god, I didn't even think about that. They're on like a cross country road trip seeking revenge. There's something suspicious going on there. Um, maybe there. It's like Harold and Maude. I don't know which one would be Maude, but I don't know which one of those that is. Harold and Maude are the they're the old people. That does sound like old people names. I thought one was old, one was young. Yeah, one's old and one's young. He's a young man who falls in love with an old woman. It's a classic tale. It's a classic, and and it's old enough that you should have seen it, Michael. (laughs) Actually, that's not too far off. (laughs) I don't go to the cinemas these days. You have little excuse. Um, (laughs) Let's let's kick it into high gear here with some uh, some news here. All right, I Jay Jay and I are stipulating. Whether or not it's been a slow week, and I think there's at least been a couple things that are uh, kind of interesting going on. Um, something that I'm surprised nobody has touched so far is Bloodborne's newest DLC, or, or only DLC. I think this is the only pack that they're going to release. Um, oh, it? It, it has come out, and it is called The Old Hunters, and uh, it got pretty good reviews. The general consensus uh, seems to be that it's just Bloodborne, basically. Like, it's more Bloodborne. And, uh, I mean, that sounds pretty good. I heard it's tough as Dickens. Yeah, I mean, the the word is that it is difficult. And it's going to be extra difficult right now because the Bloodborne servers have been shut off for at least, I think, minimum two days uh, for some emergency maintenance. Uh, And all that they've revealed about the emergency maintenance is that it is uh, basically they're taking the game down to fix a serious exploit. That is the... Uh, the words that they're describing it with. And is, so, is this serious ex- exploit getting it for free? That is the general consensus. It seems as though uh, some clever people on the internet have figured out a way to access the DLC without paying for it. And wait, uh, Do you mean somebody on the internet is stealing content? That doesn't sound right. <laughs> <laughs> it, sounds, it sounds like that may be happening. Uh, and uh, that's not confirmed. They, uh, they haven't uh, come out and said that that's yeah. actually what's happening. But Let's not go talking about slanderous lies until we confirm. <laughs> oh. 
how long was that before the fucking the, the dogs are pretty upset about Bloodborne as let me, well. Let me, right? They were the most excited. Let me close the door behind them. After they paid full price to download it from Steam. <laughs> or wherever you get Bloodborne from. <laughs> that, that has to be someone at my door, but I'm not going to go find out who. I'll let the dogs say hi to them. Uh, oh my god, maybe it's Lucio. Oh god, yeah, it, it could Lucio be Lucio in your house. It could be it could be Lucio and Doug together. They're on the front porch. Oh, like, we're on cold on some kind of murder adventure. <laughs> All right, well we'll just leave we'll just leave the dogs in. It's like a friendly hello from two dogs who've ruined like thirty percent of anything that I've ever recorded. <laughs> um, excellent work, dogs. Love you both. Fantastic. <laughs> yay, yay, dogs. Anyway, yeah. Uh, so I guess one of the engineers from From has been uh, just kind of on Reddit talking about, um, uh, you know, kind of what's going on with it. And it sounds like that there's a, an indication, at least, that that's the situation, that somebody figured out how to get the content for free and they're not super thrilled about that and they're fixing it. So, mm-hmm. which is. So- uh, are they are they going to ban these people that got the free content, or what's their plan for that? I don't know because I mean it is like you know that's a pretty heavy duty exploit. The thing is, is that like you could be cheating and doing a bunch of other stuff and not get banned. Um, I, I do feel kind of like I don't know. Like I understand that you would take the game down when there's something that lets people literally steal money from you. Um, but it, it seems a shame that like there have been plenty of other game-breaking things, not necessarily with Bloodborne, but just with anything that wouldn't merit taking down the servers. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, yeah. Bloodborne's been, like, from has been super weird in terms of what they address in Bloodborne. Like, you could have some of the most game-breaking witches, as in it would literally, like, end your character right then and there. And uh, they would take their sweet time, but you do something like the leveling glitch, and they're like right on it, getting that out of the game. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And, and like in I fact, said, I, in fact, I remember that's basically what happened to me. I remember I uh, my character, um, due to some big bug or whatever, she had lost something like three hours of progress, um, and I was like pretty upset about that. And I was like, you know what? I'm not usually the kind of guy to entertain hacks and glitches, but I'm not going to just sit there and 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 sit like three hours of my life completely gone. So I'm going to go ahead and duplicate the um, the leveling uh, glitch so that I could get a couple of levels my, my levels that I lost back. And I found out that same day that that had been patched out, but that game ending glitch where I lost all my progress was still in there. Clearly, mm, of course, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess it's just the nature of it. I, you can't place the same level of value on everything, but it, it, there's always that kind of thought that you have as a player when you watch something like that. I see it with Hearthstone all the time, where you know they'll they'll patch something as like an emergency, and then there's a bug in Hearthstone. I think right now that anybody who uses this certain card combo can crash the client for both players, so they both wow. get kicked out of the game. And uh, I, I don't think that's fixed yet. I could be wrong. What's, but, what's the card combo? Tell uh, it's called, uh, it's called uh, I think it's an Unearthed Raptor. I haven't been playing a lot with the new cards. But uh, basically, it, it copies a death rattle from, from a card. And so what you do is you summon it, and then you, call it, you, you summon another one, and then you call the first one back, and you summon it, and then you target the other raptor. And you basically just keep building it up so that they're... Uh, duplicating over and over again, and uh, uh, on like the third or fourth one, it'll crash. 
So that's pretty hip. Are you, are you sure it's not intentional? Just in case that you accidentally find yourself playing Hearthstone, and need to get out of it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, maybe. You, and know, yet, it's so you know what? I could be. I could be totally talking out my ass here because maybe that's fixed. But I don't think. Yeah, you, know, you know. You know. You know. What's really weird is that it, it, Michael says that, but do you know how many glitches for Bloodborne you could go online and people are like, "Oh, from totally left this in as a gift to the players." <laughs> it's an it's an intentional design decision. Uh, you know, back back when I was working support, we called those undocumented features. That's, that's the, there you go. There's a, there's actually a formal term for that and everything. So yeah, we we know what's going on there. Um, but yeah, anyway, Bloodborne's out. Uh, you can download the DLC, but you can't play it with your friends just yet. Mm, right. So you'll need to Oh, wait. so you can still download it and you just can still play it. I think so. You can play it single player, but I don't think the servers are, are online. I don't know if the exploit had to be online for it to function or if they just, if somebody unlocks it for free, if they want to, you know, at least derive them the satisfaction of, of playing with their friends or something. I don't know. Uh, uh, okay. I guess. It could be an entirely uh, different exploit, too. Maybe it's something that just lets them, uh, you know, insta-kill other players in PvP or something. I know that, man. I always carry over, like, for the past three games, for the past three RPGs, I've carried over the same exact character with the same exact build. So, what was I but a blonde-haired brute walking <laughs> through the world of Skyrim with a sword that's on fire? And yeah. then, in Bloodborne... I was the same blonde-haired chick with the sword that's on fire walking through... What's it? Yarnum? Yarnham? I don't remember. Something like that. It's like Yamham. Yorby Dorby Land. And now in in the Commonwealth, I'm the same thing. The blonde-haired chick with the sword that's on fire. (laughs) In Fallout 4, it's always the same thing. No variety these days in video games. Man, video games suck. Did you guys know that? They're all bad. Uh, I know, right? That's what I've heard. I don't know if you guys heard, but Just Cause Three came out, and, uh, uh, and I—I mean, I don't know what's going on with that because I've heard you play a blonde chick who's on fire. <laughs> they didn't make enough. I don't know what the fuck's going on. Amazon can't seem to explain what the problem is, but I checked out and I noticed when I got to the cart, it said uh, it said estimated delivery. Uh, we'll get back to you on that or something like that. <laughs> and I was like, well, you know, what else am I going to do? So I ordered it and, uh, and this is like, might this, as well just take it. This is like Saturday. And usually that's plenty of time, especially in New York where they pretty much most of the time when I see something ship in New York, it's delivered like the exact same day. Like it ships out that morning and you Don't get they just it. Have it like oh, is that what you've seen? Because I, because my like Call of Duty three, I just had to return it and and buy my copy. Of digital. See, and that's that's weird because uh, when I ship you stuff, it's like it, it's very very fast. Usually, mm-hmm. this is the first time where I've had a really extensive delay on something. But anyway, we don't have a copy of Just Cause three. Uh, because it apparently, uh, I, I assume what they probably did is they took like a, a, a chunk of them and held on to them for like Black Friday or something like that. I know that they did some promotions with a certain percentage off games. Um, so maybe it just got tied up in that or or something. Having said I that, think, I, I think we should take a we should take a moment and congratulate Square Enix on their brilliant merchandising. What what merchandising is uh, just their their ability to release a game with enough copies or? Uh, well, let's see. Let's let, let's let's take stockers. Whatever the fuck is going on with Just Cause Three that no one can figure out. Um, there was the entire Deus Ex. Uh, oh yeah, pre-order. pre-order. 
uh, scenario. Wasn't that this. a kerfuffle? We'll call, we'll call it a scam, but I, Indeed. I want to call it a scenario. It's coming out pretty late for supposedly having something they could release early if they got enough pre-orders. Mm-hmm. They need enough pre-orders. Development <laughs> set back drastically. This and then fault America. And then there's Tomb Raider, which um, they they literally couldn't like sell. Like I remember getting all these emails talking about the limited edition of Tomb Raider and how they were selling like hotcakes and and they're going real fast. And man, you can find so many of those on sale right now for like as low as they can possibly sell them without. I'm risking my drink on one right now. Um, well, and I, I didn't plan on I didn't plan on discussing it, so I don't have the exact numbers sitting in front of me. But I don't know if you saw, but Tomb Raider only sold about uh, I think three hundred thousand copies. Wow. Um, which I mean, well, that that exclusive release plan sure did work well for them, didn't it? It's not the worst sales ever for releasing on one console. On well, those are probably the three hundred people or three hundred thousand people who couldn't get a copy of Fallout on that day. Right, that's the thing. Is like, yeah, I mean, it released on one console on the same day as probably the most popular game of the year. So, I mean, it's a. It, uh, I actually no, 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 not only that. It didn't only release on the same day as the most popular game of the year. It released the same week <laughs> as two of the most popular games of the year. Yeah, it's it's bad news in general. <laughs> are you sure those sales figures weren't three hundred to a thousand copies sold? <laughs> I think it, I think all things considered, it did pretty well. I know it might not be uh, looked upon in that way when the time comes, but uh, you know, I think it held its own for what it is. Uh, but hopefully, there's just, just like so many places that they went wrong with their plan for this game. Like, like nope, seriously, heck, nobody wants that. I mean, I hope the Microsoft bucks were worth it because uh, <laughs> I don't know. I think it'll. I I hope that it will get. Uh, it's proper dues when it comes out um, next year. So here's here's to hoping that that's the case. But yeah. in which Jared, didn't you raid a tomb or two? <laughs> I did, I did. And I, why don't we why don't we come back to it? Because I I do have a couple other pieces of news that I thought were worth including. Okay, so fine. Oh, I'm so sorry. Well, Captain Buzzkill. <laughs> um, let me ask you a question, Michael. Sure. Do you like breasts? I have been known to like breasts. Okay. Do you feel like you are, um, you know, are able to handle them? Like, if if a lot of them appeared on your TV at once, uh, it's gone. You know, I like had to operate them, or <laughs> no? Like, like if if just a large number of them appeared on your TV, would you be? Can you operate them, Michael? What does that What does that entail? Would like you, operating? Would a, you be? Would you be too overstimulated? Would you Would you look at the TV and and just be so overstimulated that like you went into a coma or something? No, I'd be delighted. Cause I, I just, I just, I, I, I seriously want to. So I, I want to know the definition of a breast operator. Well, you, I want to know what one does. Oh, there's many them things. Firmly twist about Sweet. forty-eight degrees <laughs> and squeeze them, twist them, and then smack them around. <laughs> twist them, twist them. <laughs> <laughs> Hit them a little bit. Just no further questions. Give them little slaps. <laughs> right, because I answered your question perfectly. This is the Enemy Slime <laughs> <Next> Podcast. <laughs> Your number one source for <laughs> breast-related suggestions. Um, by the way, just as a heads up to everybody, uh, my understanding is that women like none of those things. Um, it, it would women seem, don't like breast. It would seem that they don't like to 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 have them slapped. Uh, and this is just based <laughs> off my experience. Uh, you know, I'm pretty sure they don't like them being twisted. I don't think they like degrees. them being twisted either. Um, <laughs> they don't seem to enjoy them being squeezed. Uh, now I don't know. Maybe the women in New York are different, but the ones on the street in Utah—they get really uppity. 
uh, you know, when you <laughs> when you go up to them and give them a twist. Yeah, so. they get <laughs> if they go up to their if you go up to their breast and give them a twist. But so, you must be doing yeah. the wrong, Jared. Because I thank you. All you the did, ladies have up. you two have you have you two ever considered like becoming life coaches? <laughs> No, but I mean, maybe maybe that's a, a, a thought now. I feel like I'm starting to finally get all of the uh, experience that I need. Well, anyway, the long and short of this is we, this was a very long way of telling you that <laughs> <laughs> Dead or Alive Extreme 3 is too, has been deemed too extreme for America and will not see a release uh, here in the United States. It will be released only in Asia, where they are perfectly capable of handling the sheer amount of breast physics that Tecmo Koei have uh, have put into this game. I, I think I you're, I think you're, you're paraphrasing, and I think you're simplifying the situation quite a bit. <laughs> Maybe a bit. Uh, basically, <laughs> I, I believe it was it was a few... I think other people are making this out to be a much bigger deal than it is, too, at the same time, though. Um, or or I, maybe, maybe we'll have a disagreement there. I don't know, but... Uh, basically, Tecmo went on their Facebook uh, a few weeks ago, and they said, "Hey, America, you're not getting Dead or Alive Extreme Three." Um, and uh, the, I don't remember their exact phrasing. I don't have it pulled up, but basically, they said something about the way that women are represented in video games in the West, and uh, and that was the reason why they wouldn't release it here in America. Um, and now I think was it today or yesterday they released another statement clarifying that that was uh, the opinion of the person who runs the Facebook page, and it, it wasn't entirely. Oh, so the plot thickens because I knew all that other stuff, but I didn't know about the this but, is the opinion of one rogue individual. So they've kind of tried to back away from their statement, but simultaneously they also made sure to remind us that uh, the game would not be coming out in America. And if someone wants to answer their old timey phone, cordless phone from the nineties. <laughs> Hey, you know what? My dogs uh, did it, so whatever. It's all good. It's probably Taylor. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that was that was that was my that was my bell actually. That was my uh, is it a- uh, my apartment bell? Oh, who's here? Oh God, it's um, Lucio. <laughs> it's 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 Doug actually. Doug's in. Doug's we, in have we all had a? Get out! I mean, Michael, you're next. There should be a mysterious visitor at your door. Yes, but uh, he doesn't come until later. Ooh, all right. Well, while Jay answers the door, Michael and I can discuss Dead or Alive Extreme. Um, I don't follow the series too closely. It was originally Extreme Beach Volleyball, but I suppose after the first one... So this is basically, I, basically the, the Dead or Alive series is the, the, it's a fighting game series. You should clarify that. Sure, yes. Uh, it started as a fighting game series, and... Um, then, so so basically, it's a fighting game series that stars a ton of uh, of uh, of I guess you would put this amp- amply proportioned women, Ryu, um, Ryu Hayabusa's and, and whatnot. Right, Sorry. and then at some guy. point, hey, look, it's Lucio, and nobody what the fuck told is going on. <laughs> Welcome, Lucio. We were just talking about Dead or Alive Extreme Three. Ah, yes. Do you do what you, we cover? D- Jay was just explaining the entire concept. Uh, so where were you, Jay? It was. A f- I'm very. I'm like very confused. I don't even know what's going on anymore. Lucio's here uh, now. I didn't yes. know that. I, right. I actually so Lucio, didn't. Luc- Hola. I didn't realize he could force his way into the chat like this. Though. <laughs> <laughs> uh, really well, sure. I mean, after he went to your place and tried to kill you, and then after he came to my apartment and tried to kill me, I think the next natural step was to just show up in the chat. This well, is just a ploy. This is so we let our guard down and Doug can get us. 
Mm-hmm. True. Lo- not good enough. A lot of weird things have happened. <laughs> um, so, so basically, at some point, Dead or Alive dropped all illusions that it was about anything else other than um, these large cartoon breasts, and they created the Dead or Alive Beach Volleyball uh, series. And then they did a two, and then now we're up to like part three, which is what the, the, the so-called controversy is over. Um, which, which I do think that it's people making like mountains out of molehills on yeah, uh, nice. both sides of this thing. It really, it's been an interesting case study of how like people who basically live by manufacturing outreach on the internet work because it's really fucking nothing. So this is what happened, right? So somebody went to Tecmo's, uh, Tecmo's page and went like, oh, when are you guys bringing in Dead or Alive uh, volleyball to the United States? And somebody from the company's Facebook said, we're not bringing it because there's been a lot of issues with women. Right, and, and then and then Jared, Jared, Jared had a slight update to that, that Jared, you should throw on real quick before Lucio finishes explaining. Well, maybe Lucio already knows, but it, it looks okay. like it looks like Tecmo's kind of distanced themselves from that statement today. Uh, and they yeah, were, they did. They don't give a shit about how we were doing Because it's fucking horrible PR. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but, um, so anyway, they, they, the person in the Facebook, whether, you know, with, it's true or not, you know, said those words. And so everybody on the uh, anti-gaming journalist side went like, oh, well, you know, this is what's happened. They're not going to, they're taking away our games. And so Play Asia posted a tweet saying something like, due to SJW nonsense, uh, you know, you're not going to get Dead or Alive 3, but you can pre-order it for us. We have it. We have an English patch, basically, right? Mm. Uh, so all of the people in the SJW camp got mad and started attacking PlayAsia over this, doing boycotts in the weirdest sense because a lot of them were like, oh, well, I never bought from you, but I now I never will. Like, you know, kind of like you can't really boycott something you're not a customer of. But <laughs> um, So that prompted the other side to start attacking the people attacking PlayAsia over this. And so, of course, all of the usual suspects had jumped in, you know, they started running articles about how, you know, gamers are entitled or how about, like, people are taking away their games. Um, so to, this morning, um, Tecmo released that statement saying that it was just a business strategy. There's been a lot of information that came out um, saying that, you know, they are alive actually sells better in the States than in Japan. But here's, no, here's a really. key point. A key point, though, that that I think we're missing because Tecmo made a made a Tecmo, I guess Japan released mm-hmm. that statement today. I don't know. I don't know who released the statement, but I guess I'm guessing it was the the Japanese side that released it. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Tecmo of Europe um, actually exasperated the situation because they took advantage of it. They were like, "Oh, we're proud of the community manager for being honest about it." And later they had to backtrack a little bit on that and they were like, "No, we we're proud about him about him being honest about it being released. We don't approve of him blaming certain people." But at the same time, Tecmo Europe was like, "Okay, so maybe you're not getting a US localized version, but you can still buy the European version in these stores and yeah. played in your country. So, you know, so so there's an, an entire arm of Tecmo that really didn't help the situation and just used it as uh, this opportunistic thing. Now, and the thing that I worry about this whole thing is like, 
if it's, if there's really a perception in Japan that there's um, you know an issue with bringing certain games to the United States, and let's get something out of the way right here. I don't give a fuck about Dead or Alive, okay? I haven't played it since 2. I wasn't planning to buy the game. I'm not going to buy this game. Sure. But that being said, what if it affects something that I actually want to play? And there's a very good chance that if it does, we will never find out. Because most companies that aren't retarded <laughs> put all this laundry out in public. I mean, I think we all know that you're super excited for the Bloodborne um, blood-soaked and naked while wearing a thong DLC that they're done now. Oh, I mean, we're already we're already seeing this. I mean, we saw this like with Fire Emblem with Awakening where they, they had to edit, you know, a bunch of the character shots uh, to release it in the U.S. so that we didn't that's, see butts and things like that. fine with me. And then, and then the weird thing... The weird I thing think it's silly, that, but it's not a big deal for me. Um, I'd rather but get the... But, but, but that's how it starts. You you, but, but you mentioned the Fire Emblem Awakening thing, but here's the thing. Um, the the same type of inf- the same type of influence of force that's supposedly on Dead or Alive Extreme Volleyball that didn't exist with Fire Emblem Awakening and actually a lot of the same sources that uh, complained about the the um, um, I guess you would call it the titillation in Dead or Alive they were like why did you censor our American release of this Fire Awakening game the same exact the same exact sources like the same exact news yeah, sources actually like, yeah. You know, so it's it's that one was this kind of thing of self censorship, and now it seems like there's just this self censorship point of like an excuse. Yeah, let's call a spade a spade. It was actually Nintendo. Nintendo censors a lot of things in the United States, and sometimes I feel that it's partly kind of this thing that we're having now because, like, I I feel like Nintendo's like a a dog that loves you and doesn't, and you're mad at him because you know you he, he jumped at you when you were wearing your suit and now it's covering your hair. He doesn't understand why you're mad at him, just that he loves you <laughs> and you're angry. No, so like uh, Kirby and, and Daisy. Yeah, like when they barked <laughs> at that mysterious man at the door. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, for example, they did a thing uh, earlier this year, or, or last year, I don't know if I can remember anymore. But this is like something like, oh, let's celebrate the women in gaming. And of course, all of the outlets got mad because uh, for some reason that was misogynistic. Um, remember that, Jay? Uh, I, oh, I yeah, guess. our characters are awesome. <laughs> Everybody got mad at them. Uh, so I don't necessarily blame Nintendo for that censorship. I think this the, was weird because nobody was calling for the the other live extreme three to be get banned. In the first yeah, place. but I think they just foresaw the same situation that I foresee, where they release the game. And people either harp on it for being like, "Oh, it's too sexy," or but, and then and then the other side's not but happy. Fire Emblem Awakening is before any of this happened. Like I know you're, you're you're just confusing the the that timelines. No, wrong. no, no. Because I still think that both of those are things that garner the the reputation that we have in the West as being uh, unfriendly to things of a sexual nature over things mm-hmm. of a, of I mean, a that's violent true. nature. That, that that I agree with. Yeah. Um, and and I think that that stigma is what's stopping them from from doing this. And unlike Lucio, I applaud it. I think it's great. Don't release the fucking game here. We don't deserve it. We're we're big. <laughs> we're big goddamn babies that see a booby on the TV and we lose our shit. And uh, I, I mean, de- de- I mean, we've got we've definitely gotten to a bad place where people think the world is about is about is about changing the world to their own kind of comfort levels, and we got to a pretty bad place where people confuse um, like equality and sexism with prudishness. Like there's like just a pure prudishness that's like being spread around. Um, 
in terms of really everything, but in, in video games as well. And, and it's like basically, I, like my idea of being equal in terms of this stuff is finding out what the ladies like and getting them that. Like if your thing is kind of this this, this skinny Baking man boy <laughs> with like long silver hair um, wearing a, a, a G-string where you can see like his junk kind of partially hanging out of it. That's what the women like, right? You put that in a video game alongside the the, the big breasted chick, and, and then that. And I gotta tell you, women do like, like their titillation because I made the mistake of looking up One Punch Man on Tumblr, and man, <laughs> those <laughs> characters should not be doing those things. Well, we already covered <laughs> we already covered how to titillate women, so <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> You'll have Michael, to Michael, tomorrow. Michael definitely knows what a lady <laughs> wants. Got a strategy guy. Michael's like Michael's Michael is the professional breast operator, man. He's slime. Here's here's the thing. I really feel like this situation can help, uh, like really explain the problem that I have with just America in general right now, which is I know for a fact that even though they would never admit it, I know for a fact there are people out here now that are going to be disappointed that this game won't be released in the United States because they now don't get to be outraged about it when it is released. Oh, that's that's true. Like just on a subconscious level, they're like, oh, it's not coming. Now I can't be mad about something. That's true. Some journalists with names like uh, Ken Buchera. And so... um, (laughs) There's <laughs> a lot of uh, clicks out of not like, having. And so you yeah. know what they're going to have to do? They're going to have to go on to Yelp. They're going to have to look up the worst reviewed restaurant in town and go there so that they'll have something to be upset for. <laughs> right, so that they that can yelp about it too. So that they can get on. So, get so on I have two questions. I can't believe this, this waiter. Like, what, what are the questions? Well, one, do you think any amount of controversy about this game would have ever affected their sales in a negative way? It, no, would only, it would only help. Any controversy for exactly. a franchise that's half dead is going to help it. Yeah, I think it's actually a smart idea that idea that they reinvented themselves as one of the many fighting games into one of the few beach ball beach volleyball games. Well, and it's more and than beach volleyball. Right, it's not called it's not called Dead or Alive Extreme Beach Volleyball anymore. There's a lot more activities. There's massages. There's sunbathing. There's no, give no, 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 no. Give it its credit. There's a lot of things happening on Zach's Island. Okay, so listen, there's there's a there's very much a thing. Uh, now, first, I I I I would I think I saw some arguments over Dead or Alive Extreme Beach Volleyball where they're like, you know, if we had some dudes on the island, that's what I would want to see, and that I agree with. That that's fine. He's there though. I, it's just 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 the fact that what's that? They're there. You can watch the dudes take their shirts off and whatnot. You can do that. Yeah. Uh, then I don't I don't know what the fucking problem is. Then there isn't um, one. <laughs> there isn't one. So, but no no no. There Everything's one, but great. But this is this is this is this is the point that I want to get at. I've I've seen some descriptions over this kind of thing and over over this this huge huge backfire in terms of just all of the stances on this. You know whether um, you're a self-proclaimed social justice warrior or whether you're Gamergate or whether you're Tecmo itself. There's like been this this huge backfire, and I've seen it described as an ideological war. And I just want to remind people that an ideological war is when you're in Vietnam and you're watching, you're talking to your buddy one second, and then the next second his head is blown open by a sniper rifle because you're there um, over the fact that American capitalism is fighting Russian communism, making sure communism doesn't spread. That's an ideological war. All right, talking about uh, 
Whether How long do you, you think want- it really is before someone gets murdered over a sexy game? <laughs> whether, whether or not you want to see boobies on a screen is not an ideological war. All I want to say is that they're not alive. A war. They're alive. It's not the hill that I want to die in. <laughs> I do. I do want to share with you guys because I feel like we're getting, you know, a little unfair here. That here are some of the other games. Are you ready? There is jet ski racing, uh, pool hopping, which is a mini game. You'll have to figure out what some of these are. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> beach flags. Don't know what that is. Uh, I could figure this one out. Butt battle. Um, tug- <laughs> you can figure that one out for real. Tug of war, which can apparently. Can you please tell me? Can you please tell me what that could possibly be? It's also dubbed the hip battle, and it challenges players to knock their opponents off a shared floating pad before the same can be done to them. Oh, uh, so it's like American Gladiators, only without the Except giant. Only they slap their they slap thing. their butts into each other until no, one no, of them no, falls no. off the. Well, reason the point here. It's a very important point, and that is that. For years, Dead or Alive has been all about the titties. And now they're actually expanding. Now it's about the butts. (laughs) (laughs) I think we should applaud them for, uh, you know, encouraging differences in in body types. You guys aren't listening. That's like if if it's all about the butts and it's all about the titties and it's about the titties battling, that's not equal. What you need... Is a couple of of of, of rock hard cocks long jousting. jousting one another. <laughs> I mean, it's sure it's tough because uh, the the breast has a a lot of area that can be shown without it turning into like porn, right? Like we can show pretty much everything except an areola, and uh, and, and we're doing fine. But the penis doesn't always have the same luxuries. You can't show like a shaft and cover up the tip. There's <laughs> there's no like uh, there's there's no pasties for a penis, you know. Like it's just it's either you're seeing it or you're not. Um, Which is super. This is what I want. Would that be a good compromise? I, I I think we're spending like way just like the internet, <laughs> just like the internet. We're spending way too much time on dead or alive. It's because they gave us point. an excuse to talk about penises and boobies. <laughs> Hold on, I did have this one more point before we before we leave. Okay, this. everyone gets one final point. Jay, your point. Okay, it's not a final point. I have I have homework for the listeners. Okay, at home. all right. And this is especially homework for like the female listeners, which I know we have, uh, believe on. it or not. Nah. Uh, for our female listeners, I want you to do Your this. I want you to, to keep in mind we are constructing a video game in which you know, like 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 little string bikinis and 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 thongs and little pasties uh, for women are basically the only thing allowed. Like whatever whatever gets the people in this chat hot. Uh, that's that's your female characters in this game. So your your instruction then, female listeners, is to come up with either a male character. That's going to tantalize you, or maybe it's not a male character. Maybe it's another female character. Maybe there, there, maybe there is no binary gender or sex or whatever. But you have to come up with that sexy, sexy human being that can go along with what we want into that video game and give us that super sexy video game that pleases all parties. All right. Wow. Sounds fair. All right. So reach out to us. Contact at enemyslime.com. Tell us about your. Your sexy, your ideal video game man, and the activities that he will uh, exhibit on the on Zach's island. Um, <laughs> and and I'll tell you what, if you're if you're the first person to do that, we'll send you a game on Steam. Um, yep, we will. If you actually do it, super. super yes. Um, I won't go into what game. We'll get you a game, and it'll be a good one. <laughs> Jack Orlando, my friend. No, 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 it won't be a Jack Orlando. We'll get you something good. You write to us, and we'll make it happen. 
let's see here. Oh, man. Um, Michael, yes, go ahead. Oh, right, my thoughts. Yes. So <laughs> you mentioned that Play Asia has an English patch for this game. Do yep. you really need to know what's going on in your native language? <laughs> I mean, I assume that we need to understand like where to click to like change the tops or shit. Right, yeah, that's true. I don't want to have to see everybody in the default swimsuits because I don't know if you played one of these games, but the swimsuits, they, they start out pretty you know modest. And you have to unlock the really racy ones that are basically just pieces of string with pennies you know, over the nipples. <laughs> I remember in one of them there was like a seashell bikini that looked really painful. <laughs> yeah, that's good to know. We're not concerned about how they feel. <laughs> anyway, did you have another point, Lucio, or are we ready to move on? No, I was just saying that I, before all of this happened in preparation for the podcast, I actually pulled the numbers that the last Dead or Alive did. And Dead or Alive 4 sold something like 3.5 million copies. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yeah, it's more five, than Tomb Raider. I think that was the last one I played, was 4. There are like 5, including last round and ultimate and all the other bullshit things that they pulled. Managed to break 1.5 million copies. Now, a lot, of those copies, a lot of those copies were for a free-to-play like, demo that they had. Mm. So, my point is, There Are Alive is not a franchise that's doing very well. <laughs> right. Like, this are Alive 3, Extreme 3, I don't think anybody was going to give a fuck about it until all this bullshit started. Yeah, it works out fine for them. And I mean, it doesn't, like I said, it's just, we, I think we all agree that despite how long we talked about it, it doesn't matter. <laughs> like, it's, it's no. not important. This was, like I said, this was interesting to me because it was kind of like a, a case study on how, like, the current, like, way that we report on video games just I, turns nothing into a huge controversy. Yeah, I do want to say I was shocked when I found out that, well, not when I found out, but when I first read about all this happening, my first thought was like, oh my God, Itagaki is back at Tecmo. Like, what? He, he returned <laughs> because it seems like something that would happen under his watch. Um, <laughs> but I, I guess not. Uh, let's talk about our last piece of news and then we'll move on to some games. Uh, this one we can make real short and sweet. Today, Australia's classification board released a rating for a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles game being developed by Platinum Studios. Oh, yeah. Um, this is in addition... I mean, Platinum's already got a lot of stuff they're working on right now. They have Scalebound, which is coming out, I think, uh, sometime next year. And Nier... Nier Automata, which... Uh, so the, uh, three games now in, in development at once. For a studio that can sometimes struggle with one game... Um, I don't know. Everybody got. I'm sorry. I I checked out which company. Did, which um, this is this is platinum. Did, uh, oh, platinum. Got it. Uh, and so I mean, I, I have a feeling that one of these games, probably Ninja Turtles, just given the IP, is going to turn out a lot like our beloved Legend of Korra game that you guys may remember. I'm pretty sure it will. I think Turtles is going to be that one. I think they'll put their effort into the other two, and they're going to shit out Turtles. Well, Nier is, I, I think, it's kind of like a labor of love because if you're working with Yoko Taro, then they're probably no, like, they probably want to do this, right? Like, Yoko right. Taro is fucking crazy, and so if you're working with him, it's not just like, because you know it's going to make a lot, of, a lot of money because his games don't sell that well. Right. <laughs> so it's a labor of love. And the other one, which I forgot the name right now, 
Um, Scalebound? That's, yeah, that's one of their original IPs. So I'm pretty sure they're going to work on it pretty hard too. So, you know. I think so. Yeah. So, it, I mean, it just makes sense that their licensed game is, I mean, we don't even know what it is. So, like, I'm really jumping the gun here by saying it's going to be a turd, but I'm just going ahead and putting my chips on the turd section of the board right now. And, well, the weird uh, thing about Cora was that the actual it. gameplay was good. It was actually everything else that sucked. Sure, but that's just, I mean, why shouldn't it be good? Like, that's what they do. They make those kinds of games. Um, No, no, I know. It's very easy to fix something like that, though, because it's not like the game is fundamentally broken. Yeah, yeah. I'm just saying that they're going to skin Bayonetta and make Bayonetta a green person who says cowabunga. And then the game's pretty much done, you know. You really want to see uh, Leonardo spreading it for you? Hey, I mean, I think, I think, I think, <laughs> Platinum could do like a hell of a job with Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles if, you know, Michelangelo is pretty much just riding. Yeah, Michelangelo's riding. Donatello's Bayonetta. <laughs> Leonardo is the guy from the Wonderful One Hundred and One. Same size and everything, with the same weird proportions. And uh, the last one can be, you know... Wolf of Mokami. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> that's not even <laughs> platinum, but... Okay. Well, it's Kikami, yeah. Yeah, that's true. So there we go. We did it. All right, guys. Oh, that was a lot of work to make those great games. Um, before, <laughs> before we leave the news, I want to, uh, I want to take a second to share uh, something that we're going to be doing this week. Uh, well, not this week. We're going to be doing this for the entire month uh, from from now until the last podcast of the month, which I think will either be on the, uh, I don't know, probably uh, we'll see what happens around the holiday. The point is we're going to give people games. Don't you want a game? Um, I, I've been asking you guys to give me a game all day and you guys have just ignored me. Well, and uh, the more we talk about yet. games, the less I think I want to play them. <laughs> so uh, we, we do have we have a Steam key. Uh, for Game of Thrones, which I do want to clarify, we we um, we posted our review for it. Uh, I feel like they didn't quite stick the landing. We have so many positive reviews these days. I still think that this could very well be a game that winds up in some Game of the Year list. See, see, and... listen, listen. Oh, uh, some Game of the Year list. Yeah. Okay. Never mind. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. You guys haven't beaten it yet, right? Am I the only one who finished it? I haven't gone around to it. Uh, I haven't yeah, because you, mm-hmm. you did the last episode. There's no so no reason for me to get it. <laughs> well, Lucio, you better tune in. You might get win a copy. That's true. Yeah, <laughs> here you go. Here you go, Lucio. This is your chance. All right, so here's what we're going to do for these giveaways. And we're going to do another one next week. We're going to do another one the week after. They're going to be good games. These are going to be like Fallout 4s and shit like that. It's going to be worth uh, your are time. Are you serious? Yeah, we're going to do it. Uh, so, uh, we'll, we'll start out this week with Game of Thrones. Here's what we're going to do. I'm going to share with you the last four digits in a, uh, in a steam code. (laughs) Actually, it's not the last four. It's the last five. So basically the last section of a steam code. And then what we're going to do is tomorrow, we're going to post the rest of that steam code on our Twitter account. So all you got to do is you got to listen to the podcast Follow us on Twitter. You're already doing the hard part right now because you're listening to the podcast. And let's be real here. If you, that if, entire Dead or Alive If you made it through that Dead or Alive talk, really, don't you deserve a game? I think you probably do. Uh, Our listeners are going to be out operating breasts. They won't have any time to play games anymore. And this will be the order that we do it from now on. So podcast comes out on Wednesday. Oh, yeah, Michael. That's totally what's going to happen. Our... our- 
our listeners are no doubt getting action right there, away. You know about. how hard it is to make time for this podcast with how many breasts I have to operate. <laughs> what kills me here is there's going to be someone who's listening to this podcast solely for these digits, and they have to sit through this shit to get to it. So we should, we this should. is why it's a contest. But so this is why it's going to be so great. So the podcast comes out on Wednesday, and uh, the codes will post them on Twitter on Thursday. And so I'll tell you right now that when we post a code on on Twitter. Uh, our website crashes. It doesn't matter how how many RAMs I give it. It's just it's always crashing. And so if you listen to the podcast, you can just grab that off Twitter. And while a bunch of other yuppies are trying to get our site to load, you can just go and and put it in. So uh, I know why, we. Why, why, why would yuppies be struggling exclusively? I don't, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> there's. It, it seems, so because they're in urban environments that don't have good internet access? No, it's because 10 of them try to go to the site at once and we can't support 10 people. It just doesn't work. <laughs> um, but anyway, uh, I would... So, it, so you know, guys, we're running this this website under like a cardboard box. If you, if you listen to this podcast, <laughs> this is for you. Uh, I know that some of the people who listen are like friends or people that we know. If you are that person, if you're thinking, I know these people, I wouldn't feel right taking this game. No, fuck that. Take the game. This is for anybody who listens to I this podcast. I can think of at least one person listening to this podcast that's definitely like that. Okay, well, boom. And he definitely needs to be told this. Boom. So there you go. So follow us, uh, follow us on Twitter. Get the code. You really will have an advantage. Uh, and like I said, today Game of Thrones, but tomorrow something even bigger. So we'll, we'll give away some good shit. So here we go. Without further ado, the uh, five digits that you're going to need are E for enemy slime, uh, V for uh, vagina, vagina uh, L for labia, uh, 8 as in 80, the number, and <laughs> old Michael is. And 2... <laughs> Uh, I hope they're writing this down. And two, the number two. EVL82. Two, two is the last one? Two is the last one. EVL82. So uh, on Thursday, just keep an eye on Twitter. You know, put, put, set a little alert so that when we tweet, you'll see it. And uh, and grab yourself a little Game of Thrones and play through it and be really sad and depressed because it's kind of that kind of game. And uh, you're going to have a great time. You're going to love it. I. I really think it was like I like I don't know what happened since you're the only one that played it, but I really think season two is going to be about Talia. Uh, well, I, you guys don't want me to ruin stuff, so I, I won't. No. Um, Why does she die? Well, there's this. There's a very obvious. Uh, I, I won't spoil anything. There's a very obvious uh, camera movement in the last episode uh, that tells me who the next character is going to be. So it's in, not going to be Talia. Well, I, I don't know. They'll probably they maybe they'll do something similar to what they've done uh, this time, where you control you know lots of different people. Um, yeah, but it came down to like one person in the long. God, run. I hope you get to be Ramsey Snow. That'd be cool. But uh, so I, I won't. I <laughs> won't say for extra torture. <laughs> so Michael wants to be Ramsey Snow after telling us how effective of a breast operator he is. <laughs> There's a lot of questions <laughs> that are happening here. Um, <laughs> all answers. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, let's let's talk about some games before we run out of time here. Um, shit. Uh, let's do the one that we can get over with the fastest. Uh, Jay, how are you enjoying Star Wars Battlefront? I'm not. Oh, that was easy. All right. <laughs> Next. So I want to say I want to say I mostly played Star Wars Battlefront out of curiosity. Now I I was actually requested this game um, by a young person named uh, Sam and. I was my intent was to share this podcast so those like hear my thoughts on 
uh, this video game. But it sounds but like maybe Sam shouldn't get all these pro breast I, tips this I, early in life. I don't. I don't think Sam will want them. Sam. <laughs> I don't think Sam would want them, and I don't think I'm going to be sharing this this podcast with them. Um, but uh, Sam, so, you know, it was, a, it, was a, it was a waste. Follow my. It was advice. a waste of my time. Ultimately, <laughs> uh, <laughs> it was a waste of my time. Ultimately, and it wasn't a good game. It's like actually the worst battlefield I've ever played. Um, like, it, 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 God, it's like I don't know what was going through their heads. Like, I guess if it had more time to sit and part- wait, it could actually be like a pretty good Star Wars multiplayer game. Uh, but you can tell this was rushed out the door, and you can tell this was rushed because they wanted it to coincide with the release of the movie. And it just suffers because it was so rushed. So basically, you get. I guess four entire maps in the entire thing. You get like Tatooine, um, Endor, you get Hoth, and. And the new one from the movie. Oh, yeah, is that the last one? I think is so, isn't it? One of them. One of them's like from the upcoming movie. So, okay, what so you're that... telling me is exactly the same as regular Star Wars, where you have an entire galaxy and you visit the same four fucking planets over and over. You visit the, the same four fucking planets over and over, and there's like basically nothing to see on them because. All the environments look exactly the same. Well, so if you're on hot, on hot, then it's just going to be like miles and miles of snowbanks. And if you're on Tatooine, there's just going to be like miles and miles of sand and like the occasional bunker you might see. So there's like just no variety at all. Um, like George Lucas did it to save money, and Battlefield did it uh, because they wanted to make money faster. And um, <laughs> I guess I guess the 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 whole thing is uh, uh, you get different modes. So 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 the most fun mode is probably like the hero mode. Um, and the hero mode is when you get to play as like the character from Star Wars, and you see Darth Vader, and he's doing like all this cool shit, like force choking people and sending his his lightsaber out into crowds of people, and um, you know everyone else like Han Solo and and Princess Leia, they have more kind of. Uh, utility skills like shields and healing and all that kind of shit but playing as them is kind of like the bread and butter of the game the problem with that is unless you're playing like offline there's no guarantee you're going to get a hero you basically have to hope you spawn as the hero um okay because aren't they i i think i was reading like their items that you pick up or something yeah the items that you pick up like when playing on online with other people and so pretty much um, like the people who are kind of experts on the game are going to camp those items yeah and... they're going to camp the items and they're going to get them every time and it just ends up not being fun um you have you have vehicle modes and vehicles were never ever fun in battlefront games um but they're especially bad here like playing as the x-wing which should be like the most awesome thing ever is just totally fucking disorienting. And I needed a vomit bucket next to me as I played because I wanted to throw up with their weird 360 degree plane of movement. That was all entirely controlled with a mouse. Um, so it felt fuck? like you were playing like an iPad game or some shit. Um, and not like I was piloting like the coolest jet engine in the galaxy. So it's, it's you know, I, I, I kept going back. I kept going back because I didn't want to be a disappointment to people. I didn't want to be a disappointment to Jarrett, and I didn't want to be a disappointment to Sam. But this entire podcast is a disappointment, and I'm disappointed in myself for playing that game. Man, shame on you. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> it doesn't it look good, though? It's a really good-looking game. Oh, my game. God, it looks so good. Like, God it looks, damn. It looks so fucking... Like, I... 
I, I and I actually felt this way with like Miami too because I played when I played Hardline Miami. I mean, sorry, Battlefield Hardline. <laughs> like Miami looked looked so like it looked like Miami and it looked like a real place and it looked like as rich if not richer than like GTA Five and like Star Wars is the same. Like everything just looks so fucking awesome. It's a beautiful game, but it's just like there's nothing really nothing to see. So it's like a wasted beauty. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know they and and again they only perform they only program like four maps. Uh, and then the heroes. So there's like only so much to see anyway, and it's just like it's such a waste. Like I really feel like if they let this game percolate and if they didn't rush the studio, um, like and it's EA back to their, their old tricks too, right? Because that's because everyone thought EA was getting better, and now they have like this ridiculous season pass for a game that's clearly fucking unfinished. Mm-hmm. Um, and 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 if it had more time, like if it had maybe six more months to even a year. Um, which I, I definitely think it was rushed along that fast. It could be a, a really good like Star Wars game, but right now you have this kind of chopped up mess um, that's like the, just the same four unfun maps over and over, and the vehicles that just fucking suck, and the heroes that are actually really cool, but you can never play as the fucking heroes. To be fair, so. if there's one franchise where you have carte blanche to take advantage of unsavvy consumers, what is it but Star Wars? Yep. So I want to. Star Wars fans will buy anything. This I wanna, could have been a slice of bologna in the in the game box, and people would have bought it. So I want to run some of these guy by you. Uh, let's see. Um, Forbes gave the game a ten out of ten. Uh, Polygon what? gave it an Seems eight legit. out of ten. Uh, Destructoid this, gave this it, is a joke, right? Destructoid gave it a six out of ten, which is still pretty generous. So, Jared, I have to ask you a question. IGN, when are we going to start getting the bribe money? What did IGN give it? IGN gave it a. So tired of giving game scores for free. Oh my god! Why do websites load like such fucking shit? I promise you, as long as we have enemy slime, it won't load like goddamn garbage. And play an ad. I'm waiting for a video to play sound and fuck the podcast. Nope, they didn't put IGN didn't put a score on it. They didn't feel comfortable uh, doing that, I guess. Uh, but for That's the most part, it's just a job. How do they feel comfortable? <laughs> I, I mean, <laughs> well, I'm gonna tell my boss tomorrow. I don't feel comfortable giving a recommendation on the next project. Well, I think that they were. I think it was like a provisional thing, like until they saw how the servers uh, functioned. Uh, game trailers gave it an eight. Oh no, IGN did wind up giving it a score. They gave it an eight. Um, that's actually pretty low for IGN. Yeah, that's like a that's like a two. IGN's yep. eight is our two. I'm pretty sure. They probably got barely bribed at all for that. When will IGN switch to just like a binary review system where it's just zero or one, <laughs> and like zero is pretty good and one is great? Bribe or no bribe? <laughs> <laughs> it's got to be a matter of time. All right, well, let's let's talk about happier things. Um, let's talk a little bit about Tomb Raider, because, uh, guys, I have some disappointing news for you. Um, Rise of the Tomb Raider is probably the best game I played this year. Well, how is that bad news? Well, it's bad news because you can't play it. I mean, that's fine. How much boom population is there? Uh, the, not a lot. Laura's actually uh, uh, probably swaddled in, like, gigantic parkas for the majority of the game. Um, it, it does feel like the, the, like the second mission in the game is like a flashback to a, a, her adventure through like a deserty place. And I do wonder how much of that is there to make sure that she has a tank top outfit at some point. <laughs> but for the most part, 
Uh, she's she's uh, she's just in big bulky coats. I'm not I'm not surprised that's like one of the the best games you played this year. I'm not surprised because Tomb Raider actually was one of my games of the year. Well, every everything that was I I won't even belabor it too long because there's not a lot to say. I mean, everything that that we wanted them to do, they did. And let me just give you. I think this is something that really exemplifies the tonal shift that I've enjoyed so much with it. Because Tomb Raider, the reboot, was all about like. Oh, it's survival, and she's a scared girl who becomes. I mean, I don't think their intention was this, but she basically becomes an unstoppable killing machine uh, <laughs> within the span of several hours. Um, but uh, that's how it happened to me. the The point is, is that the the tone has shifted a lot and is a lot more um, Tomb Raider-y. And so, like, here's one of my favorite things about this game. Uh, Lara has four stats that are tracked that are each language proficiencies. So uh, it, it, the game tracks how well she knows Greek, Russian, uh, and two others that I'm not thinking of. Um, Her English seems pretty good. But anyway, when you come across <laughs> when you come across artifacts, there are items in the world that will uh, a increase your uh, language proficiency, and then there are items where you're going to be locked out of them until you are good enough to read that language. And those are items that will typically reveal secret areas or uh, highlight you know stuff on the map for you. And uh, it's a really cool, like, it, it just, I feel like that's very exemplary of the tonal shift that this game has, where she's actually, like, kind of, it's more scholarly, right? It's less like, I mean, it's not very scholarly, because she's shooting people a lot and, <laughs> and blowing up a lot of folks. Uh, and also jumping in. I don't know how you can say that's not scholarly. She's that's jumping what, like, around. Well, she, I, think, much. I think if you're a scholar, you don't go to an ancient temple and then jump around all over in it to knock it down, basically. Yes, like, you do. Most of what she... Yeah, how many like, digs have you been on? That Jared? was like my midterm paper. She gets to like she gets to like a beautiful temple, and she's like, "It's so majestic." And then five seconds later, a attack helicopter shows up and just shreds it while it tries to kill her. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, uh, she is a she is a walking uh, curse essentially. Uh, any ancient item she comes into contact with is quickly destroyed or damaged. Uh, and any people that she comes into contact with uh, experience similar misfortune. Uh, and Lara herself, of course, is experiencing misfortune at all times. Um, is she basically a, a basketballer? Yes, very much so. Uh, from 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 the opening <laughs> few seconds, she is being slammed into walls of ice. Uh, she is plummeting down cliff faces. Uh, and, and these are just the events she survives. That's to say nothing... <laughs> Of the many, many things that happen to her that do wind uh, up with her uh, impaled or worse. So, so is there a moment, like, you remember in the first game when you went into that river and, and you got impaled in the neck by this fucking, like, uh, sticks? Is there any moment that brutal in the game? Or yeah. have they pulled it down a bit? Yeah, oh, yeah? no, definitely, definitely. Uh, the, the spike traps make a return. So, I mean, you, you're, you're going to, you know, uh, you're going to fall into those and have those shoot through her. Uh, there was a, a tomb that I was doing, a challenge tomb last night, where uh, you have to manipulate these boats, and you're, you're jumping around on these boats, uh, but you have to be kind of quick about it, uh, because if you if you don't do it right, you'll actually plummet off a cliff, and it's not like you plummet off the cliff and Laura disappears into the mist, and it's like, oh, it's more like you fall just a little off the cliff, and then Laura just basically splats on a rock. Uh, it's very, if you, I know there were some people who had issues with the first game because of its, like, 
depiction of a woman being killed. And if that's a problem for you, this one's just as bad, if not worse. So, Isn't um, that a step in like a more progressive direction? I guess you could say so. I think it's great. And, and I, I mentioned this in the review. I'm almost done with the review, but I'm, one of the things I mentioned, I find Laura to be less personable then, then uh, maybe personable is not the right word, but like I look at Uncharted because that's probably the closest competitor here, right? And Uncharted to me is very whimsical, and like even in its worst situations, Nathan Drake is like gonna wink at you before he goes and like massacres a group of people, you know? I don't particularly like Nathan Drake. And well, sure. well, so if if what? if not, then Laura's probably uh, your opposite, where I think that she has almost no charm whatsoever. Um, but she feels very real. There was this part last night where I missed a jump and Laura actually, uh, screamed out fuck as loud as she could. (laughs) Not like Nathan Drake wouldn't do that. He'd be like, Oh damn, damn it. Damn it. Shit. Shit. You know, all the friendly PG 13 words, but Laura's just like, Oh fuck. I missed it. (laughs) Um, and I thought, I just want to say this. I just want to say this, like the, the arc of the original two mater games, um, Especially once you got to some of the, you know, the soft resets before Tomb Raider happened. Mm-hmm. They started portraying Laura very much as kind of like this cold-hearted psychopath. Um, like, like, they realize there's something off about a woman who says she raids tombs, but really she's just stealing a bunch of stuff and blowing up a bunch of stuff and, like, killing, like, a ton of people. Mm-hmm. Um, so they started to to actually embrace that fact instead of making excuses for it. They were like, "Yeah, she's just crazy, and she just likes killing people." Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if, despite this being like the harder reboot, uh, if they were starting to follow through on that like similar path. And I actually like that. Like, I actually like that they aren't trying to make her this this more kind of whimsical whimsical character resort to. Oh, it's just a video game. Um, or what needs to be fun and all that kind of stuff. I like that that Laura has always had this like dark side to her nature that they actually try and embrace rather than than try to excuse it away. I can tell you right now. I don't, I don't like the whimsical part of Nathan the, Drake. The game is probably not going to have uh, an ending. Now I'm not done with it, so I don't know this yet. But the game is very much set up with like uh, Laura goes on a quest to find a thing. And before she finds the thing, she meets like the friendly people who are assigned to protect the thing, and they ask her to help them protect it from the bad guys and please not take the thing. And she basically tells them, like, I'm going to take the thing, but I'll help you too. But I think we all know that the ending that they're setting up there is Laura learns like the value of friendship and, and leaves <laughs> the artifact behind. Uh, and, and doesn't take it. Having said that, if if the game ends and she's like, fuck you guys, I'm taking this thing, that would be pretty great. I'll like her even more. But I, I love the shit out of her right now because like, there's a there's a part where, uh, where the, uh, one of the bad guys who is a female is revealed and uh, Laura's tied up in a chair while this while this woman basically like taunts her and talks to her. And uh, Laura tries her very best to call this woman a cunt to her face before uh, the main bad guy slaps her so that she can't quite get it out. But that's just her. That's Lara Croft in a nutshell. She's like, you fucking cunt. <laughs> I fucking yeah, and it. I think, you know, I, I, I definitely think if, if, if you looked at, like, Lara Croft seriously, and, and I, I know I'm a, I'm a big Tomb Raider fanboy, but uh, just from, like, the, the comics and the games and all that kind of stuff, I think if you look at Lara Croft seriously, she's closer to... Um, Joel from Last of Us or like Lee from The Walking Dead and she is meant to be like your typical kind of Indiana Jones or Nathan Drake character. Um, I think she's always been that way. But, sure. I, I, but I like to hear that 
that you know the the uh, rise of the Tomb Raider is continuing on in that direction basically because it's nothing that's out of bounds for a character. It's something that's always been there. She's definitely just, she's definitely still out of her element, you know. But but that was and that was what the first one was all about was her being really out of her element. Yeah, and she's yeah. definitely still like these are some pretty rough odds. Uh, she's she's definitely still like the badass killing machine that was forged in the original game. But at the same time, there are a lot of times where she'll tumble down a cliff that's just collapsed beneath her weight and uh, and smack into the ground really hard. And you can tell that that she's exasperated about this. Like she's like, oh, great. Again. That's good. That's, I mean, it's, you, just because she's a cold-hearted psychopath doesn't mean she can't be human. Like, it doesn't mean she can't react to pain. No, she's great. Um, she's and that's great. something that I always, that I really liked about Tomb Raider about how much she reacted. Now, the amount that she was thrown around in Tomb Raider and the fact she was still wor- walking around after that—that that was a little odd. Um, because like, again, she went through like a lot of shit. She went through like well, some Terminator Two level shit, and she was still able to actually walk. But I do like the fact that she. Like feels pain and that she's human and all that kind of shit. Um, How could you get a heart if she also feel pain? Um, but anyway, I I I think one thing that did bug me in the in the um in the two made two made release that we got in 2013. I think the one thing that bugged me about that was just the amount of waves of enemies. Um, because like the story is supposed to be, she goes from like this shelter, um, I, I guess it was Oxford or whatever student that was on her way on this archaeological dig that had basically been paid for uh, so she could win. And then she goes from like this sheltered student to like this this killing machine. But just the amount of waves of enemies that she fought as her was a little like ridiculous. Um, <laughs> even by the standards of, of the story they were kind of trying to tell here. And I hear that they fixed that in Rise of the Tomb Raider. It's definitely spread out a lot better. Um, and like once you clear a zone... It's pretty much clear, which which actually the same was pretty much true of Tomb Raider. Uh, so you, you wipe out the bad guys. The bad guys don't usually come back unless it's scripted. Um, right. But it's it's spread out a lot more. It's definitely way more about exploration uh, than it is about shooting people. Um, that's good because that's actually where the the last one shown through a lot. Like I I didn't. I, I like some of the combat moments, but the combat just got to the point where it was exhausting, and there's, the exploration was always the stronger part of Tomb Raider. I feel like there's a lot more stealth opportunities too. Maybe not. Maybe it's the same, and I just didn't play the last one very stealthy. But uh, <laughs> it, it, it seems like there's a lot of opportunities to sneak past enemies entirely or take them down, you know, with the bow and, and be really stealthy about it. Having said that, there's also still combat sections where you have no choice but to shoot your gun, and a lot of the same tropes that. Are there in the first Tomb Raider are, are there here so like the first time she'll find a new weapon it's usually in a situation where she's like taking it from someone so like she sees bad guys running towards her and she goes to slam a door and when she does she knocks the assault rifle out of one of their hands and then she picks it up and goes out the door and you can hear the bad guys yell like oh no she's got an assault rifle and <laughs> to be fair that was one of my favorite parts of the original game so that yeah yeah that basically happens got, again like, fucking terrified of her like I always love that shit like they like at first, it was like, "Oh, she's just she's just this little girl. We can beat her." And then later on, it was like, "Oh my God, it's her! We have to get the fuck there, out of here." There's a lot more respect for her on the bad guys' end too. Like she she's kind of earned a reputation, uh, which she should have because she's literally committed. Like, I mean, uh, God, yeah. I was gonna say there are some dictators who haven't even <laughs> nailed this one yet. Like she's she's mowed down a people. Uh, <laughs> 
So, I mean, well done, Lara. But yeah, I mean, the combat's still there. Sometimes it's unavoidable. Uh, but having said that, I uh, I thought even in the original, it was pretty okay combat. Like, I don't know that it was something to write home about, but I mean, it's functional. It works. Um, it it plays very similarly. Uh, I'm enjoying it. It's a, it's a really great game. So if you have an Xbox, uh, you should get it. And by the way, it runs amazingly on the Xbox, uh, which, I, I mean... I, that sentence can be constructed or read a lot of different ways. So let me try that again. It runs amazingly on the Xbox. There we go. Okay, that was better. Sure. I didn't mean it runs amazingly on the Xbox. I meant it was amazing it runs on the Xbox. <laughs> anyway, it looks it looks good. It looks great. Play it. It's, it's probably my game of the year. Uh, really, really enjoying it. So... Uh, before we finish, Lucio, are you up for talking about Hard West a bit? I've been so curious. I've been wanting to hear about it. Is it good? It's fucking good, yeah. All right. It's like, I'm actually enjoying it more than I expected from the the game session that we had in uh, I was going to say, because you had some time with it at PAX, and you seemed to have pretty positive impressions of it then. I think you were more enamored with the flash drive they gave us than, <laughs> I was. than the game it's that they showed pretty you. pretty fucking awesome. <laughs> but, uh, um, but no, the game is actually really good. Um, so th- there's... Uh, it's very easy to go into a temptation of calling it like XCOM with like Cowboys, but it's not really true. It's more... Um, it's more narrative driven than XCOM is. So instead of, you know, you have the, the usual map issues where, you know, you are actually fighting people uh, moving your guys around, but the difference is that outside when you have the base um, managing part, what it does is it has the scenarios where you move around the map uh, by clicking on different locations. Depending on the location of your click, you get like a little story and you usually get a choice, right? So for example, you will go into a place and it will be like, oh, you know, there's something shiny in the bottom. It's like, oh, I could go and try to get a rope somewhere else. I could try to get it myself and risk being injured, which will affect my um, my health for the next round. Or, you know, I could just leave it alone. Um, and depending on the choices that you make, you get different boosts. You might get more money. Um, but the, the way it works is he uses that to tell the story, right? Mm. So there's different parts of of the story. The game is divided into scenarios. So each scenario is like a, a section of the story, and they don't always have the same character. It all revolves around like this mysterious, um, basically, he's basically the devil. They don't say it that way, but he's the devil. Um so this mysterious guy, he comes in and he offers you a deal and, um, you know, that's the main story. But then there's like, you know, the guy who found about him the first time. And then there's, you know, some scientists trying to figure out why everybody's going crazy around the area. Um, and each of the scenarios has different mechanics. So, you know, one part you play a prospector. So, you know, your job as a prospector is to try to find as much money as you can by spending as little money as, as possible. Uh, in another one, you are the, uh, basically a spirit of revenge. So your job during these sections is to go from town to town, killing and dest- as many people as you can and destroying as many things as you can. Um, there's another one where you're mounting an expedition to some Maya ruins. So, you know, you have to get food, you have to get people, you have to make sure they don't get sick, and you have to raise money. So... It kind of keeps it fresh. Um, so I really like that that aspect. It's very different from the usual strategy game. 
Mm-hmm. It also manages to put puzzles in it. So there's one puzzle where, for example, you will find a note, and the note uh, tells you that there's this treasure buried in this tomb. Um, there's five tombs, and one of them has a treasure, and then it will just describe them, and you have to try to figure out from the context of what they're describing, which is the right one that you need to go to to get the treasure. If you fuck up, then you get like a negative status effect for the next round. Mm. So that's a lot of things like that. Um, so yeah, I mean, that definitely sounds like there's some stuff in there that sets it apart from, you know, like XCOM, which which looking at it visually, um, they certainly is. share a lot in common. No, no, and when you are in the actual, like, fighting sections, you could, you know, be forgiven for, you know, thinking it's like XCOM. Mm-hmm. And in other ways it is, you know, so you have the cover system. It does have some interesting mechanics that I like. The first one is, like, a lot of the materials uh, can be shot through. So, oh, for yeah. example, somebody's taking cover behind wood, you can shoot through that and it will only do one damage, but you can still hurt them. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if you're if they're hiding behind wood, uh, behind stone, then it's different. If they're hiding behind, like, a tent, then you can just shoot them and... And kill them. Is that really clear? Like, do you see like a stat that shows you like you you will shoot through this, or is it is it more like you know you just kind of have see to how figure much it damage out? Will make. Oh, okay. So, so so yeah, so it's really clear. So you're not going to wind up in a situation where you're like, I think I can shoot through this, and then you find out you can't. Well, you still can still miss. But it's right, the hardest yeah. bush I've ever shot at. Now that being said, it's still of course more advantageous to try to flank him, right? Um, because. You know, basically it works both ways. If they can make, if you can, like, make one uh, HP of damage and they shoot you, they can make one HP of damage. But if they flank you, they can probably do four or five. And this is not a game with a lot of HP. So you can take maybe two or three shot stops and the character is going to die. So is this a situation <laughs> like in XCOM where you can, like, fuck yourself? And not and not be able to finish the game on a playthrough, like if enough of your people die, or no, and I'll I'll explain that in a second. Okay, but um, so you know you, you can shoot. I was actually impressed by how the AI tries to flank and how it recognizes when you are trying to do it and, and keeps repositioning. Mm-hmm, so, yeah. That's actually pretty good because, like, you know, so for example, let's take XCOM because this is what we're comparing it to. Um, so in XCOM, if you like flanked uh, an alien, they will probably just stand there and, and shoot you a couple of times and eventually move. These guys, as soon as they see you, that you are, you know, getting around them, and of course, obviously, if you didn't shoot in your turn, they will immediately move, even if they can shoot you during that that period. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was impressed by that. The other thing that's actually kind of cool is that you can actually see where the enemy is unless you have like a direct line of sight to them or anyone in your team does. But you can see their shadow sometimes. So if they're taking cover somewhere, um, you can actually see based on the sun if they're there. Oh, that's I like that. That's neat. Now, I remember when we were playing the demo, I feel like you couldn't shoot... Um, like you had to have a target that was like an enemy. Can you just shoot blindly? Like you I can, know there's a guy and just, and just like hope and hope that there's someone over there that you just can't see. 
so so there's another mechanic called which is basically this card system so when you kill enemies or use something you get these cards and they're based off like the poker suits so you know the jack of diamonds is uh, you know that gives you this ability mm, okay you know fire gives you this ability so one of them is called ricochet where you can bounce a bullet off of something and that's what you would use in that in the scenario where you can see the, the, the shadow of somebody. Hmm. Um, the other thing that's cool about that is that because it is based off of poker, if you do like a poker hand, you get extra like extra um, bonuses. So, for example, if you do like a like a pair, it will give you like uh, you know an extra four to movement. Uh, if you do a full house, it'll give you more health. That's that's cool. So basically, you, you you have these builds that you can put on your characters that will give them like extra abilities, so they, they they're stronger, and also these bonuses, so they're even stronger than that. But if at some point you decide, you know, well, this guy has a sniper rifle, so I want to give him like sniper abilities, then you can do that too. Hmm. So you can kind of switch your characters in every scenario. You, you can alter their the cards that they have. The problem is that when you jump from scenario to scenario, what it often does is it kind of deletes everything. So when you jump from scenario to scenario, because there's kind of separate self-contained storylines, the stuff that you have doesn't carry over. So if you lose all of your guys on the last battle of a scenario and you start the next one, it really doesn't matter. But on the other side, if you, you know, you unlock all the cars and you have like the best gun and, you know, you are a badass and you did, you know, you solve all the puzzles and, and, you know, you, you basically play the perfect game on the last scenario. It doesn't matter because everything is going to go, you know, back to whatever the beginning conditions of the next scenario is going to be. So, so I was going to ask, when we, uh, when we played it, it seems like your characters were pretty, you know, mortal. Like, they, it didn't take a whole lot to kill them. Yeah. So, you, like, I'm, I'm taking it they don't build up and get stronger from encounter to encounter. Like, they're just always going to be kind of uh, delicate. Yeah. But, like I said, you know, you don't spend any time with any group. You don't spend that much time with them. You I never go back to anybody? You go back to them, but... So, for example, Warren, that was the, the main guy on the scenario that we played, mm-hmm. he is the main character in three scenarios. Um, he does get stronger, and you go back to him, but everybody else basically is gone. Hmm. Okay. So, so does, that, does that persistence kind of hurt it? Because that seems like that takes away something that I really enjoyed in XCOM is like, recruiting a guy and naming him like Mr. McBooby and then having him become really powerful, but then he <laughs> dies and like, it's this really important tragic story that I made myself. Shit yeah. I, it kind of bothers me, especially because like I said, there's these puzzles in the, um, in the story that are optional, right? So you don't have to go dig in the fucking grave. If you don't want to mm-hmm. you can just go to the next story mission and go shoot pandas or whatever the fuck you want to do. Um, so if something kind of feels like, there's no no incentive for doing things really well. Mm. So, like, when I was doing the prospecting, I, I kicked ass. I was, like, fucking, you know, minimizing losses and investing on equipment. 
And then in the next scenario, it doesn't matter because, like, my fucking guy started with a six shooter and, like, yeah, that's, no that's kind of a bummer. So that's really like my main complaint about the game. Mm-hmm. Everything just, else is very polished, is very well. The gameplay is excellent. Um, just kind of loses some of the RPG elements that might have been favored yeah. from the games it's inspired by. Honestly, if it wasn't for that, I might have given it a five. But it's such a like a bummer every time that you finish a scenario and you have to start over. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can see that. Well, I mean, it does. I'm still interested. Uh, it, I still, I still see you should give it a shot. I'm curious like about it. Maybe it, it seems like something that might be perfect to test out the Steam controller for, like a game that really yes. plays best with a mouse. Um, yeah, because I can't imagine playing this controller. So maybe I'll take a stab mm. at that and see how that goes. Well, the other um, the other thing that I want to mention is I, I don't know if you remember Michael, but the game didn't look that what that good in in packs. Yeah, I remember it looking okay, but yeah, it actually looks pretty good in my computer, and I don't know if it's maybe like the conditions that they were playing it and packs, or if it was the fact that it was wasn't finished when we played it. Mm-hmm. Maybe just some final polish, because it hasn't been that it's long. Pretty good, I, you know. It's not it's not a game that would like it's not like a fucking three D masterpiece where like you know everything is rendered to a loving ten eighty p or anything like that. But it's just but for what it is, it, it looks pretty nice. I was surprised. Yeah, and I think a lot of that comes from art direction. Like the game looks just really nice in in kind of a aesthetic setup, and maybe it's just that that whole cowboy thing. Like not a lot of people are doing that. Yeah. Um, and so I'm, I'm I'm excited to check it out, if for no other reason than there's not a lot of games like that out there, and I'm excited to see a game like that out there. There's not a lot that are done well because you can go and play like Shadowrun Boston, and <laughs> yeah, I'm good. Yeah, people love that. I think I'm good. Doing all right. All right. The brief time that I played, it was pretty sweet. So I think I might pick this one up at some point as well. Well, there you go. So Hard West, it's a, it's a, it's a give it a try. That's what we're we're giving we're giving it the old enemy slime. Give it a try. That's our (laughs) recommendation. All right. Well, I think that I think that we're coming up on the end of our our long journey here. I want to thank everybody for uh, for joining us today. On, on the Enemy Slime podcast. That includes you, listener. Where Thank you for being here as well. But mostly thank, thank you, Michael, uh, for sharing your numerous helpful tips with the world. Happy to. Uh, thank you to the, uh, my fucking dogs who won't shut up. Let's go see what they want. Uh, if you are not already, you should be following us on Facebook and Twitter, especially because you know that tomorrow we're going to uh, release the code for that game that you want so bad. And uh, there will be more to come. So be God, sure to so listen bad. to us. Uh, be sure to tune back in next week and we'll do the whole thing again. And it's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to have a ton of fun. And uh, I think with that, we are out. Bye.